This is Chris. This is Jorge. And we're Buds, Buds of, of Faith. Faith. Everybody, welcome back to the podcast. This is Chris, and this is Jorge. And uh, as you can see, my voice is once again failing me, and I blame that entirely on University of Miami football. But mm. I am by no means complaining. Go Canes! <laughs> Go Canes! Yeah, just wait till uh, basketball season. We'll be switching and chairs, reverse roles. All right. <laughs> so, Jorge, what are we going to be talking about today? Yeah, so we had a, a wonderful gospel and 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 theme this weekend. Uh, you know, if we went to Mass, we, we heard in the Gospels that uh, that great gospel from Matthew where where Jesus challenges us uh, to, to be humble. You know, he says, whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. <laughs> what was that? Exalted? <laughs> <laughs> so whoever, what was it? <laughs> whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Uh, and it's really this idea of humility that, w- that kind of inspired us for the, for the show this week. Uh, because as Catholics, as Christians, we are called to be countercultural. And really, humility is one of those themes that culture says it's one thing, but our faith tells us it's, a, it's an entirely different thing. Um, so, I, I, you know, just for fun, I opened up a, a dictionary. I, I went to humility. And it was quite amusing to read that the definition of humility is a low self-regard and a sense of unworthiness. But, you know, biblical humility, our, our faith tradition teaches us that humility is, as that famous quote goes, to see yourself as God sees you, not any more, but not any less. Uh, and it's really the second half, this, this idea of seeing ourselves as God sees us, but nothing less than that, uh, that, that we want to kind of focus in and, and key in on this week's podcast. Yeah, I think it's interesting. You know, we see people like Mother Teresa or or uh, St. Francis of Assisi, you know, they were very poor, they were very generous, they gave everything that they had to, you know, the poor and in service, and we think that's, like, that's true humility, like, that's what we're all called to, that poverty is like, oh, I'm not worthy, like, ah, and, I mean, there are definitely people who are called to that, but that's not, you know, the definition of humility that we know of as Christians. Sure, you know, you look at that, at that uh, dictionary definition, again, that sense of unworthiness, uh, and and you can kind of interpret that as you know to be humble is I need to hide in the corner uh, and not be proud of of anything that I've done or right. of who I am. Uh, you know, if you really think about it, that's that's just as much an insult to God who has given us gifts, who has made us in His image, uh, you know, who has granted us uh, and bestowed upon us great dignity. Uh, so it's it's really that fine line between. You know, I, I do have a sense of worth. I, mm. I do have dignity, uh, but I'm still dependent on God. Right, definitely. So, you know, we, we look at uh, Catholic social teaching, uh, which for so long was kind of jokingly referred to as the church's best kept secret. Thankfully, in recent years, it's, it's come to the forefront of Catholic theology, of Catholic thought, uh, really of Catholic life, how we, how we live our life as Catholics uh, in society. And that bedrock theme of Catholic social teaching is this very sense of the dignity of the human person. Yeah, and, you know, the dignity of the human person is much bigger than just abortion or the death penalty, euthanasia, you know, uh, beginning and end-of-life issues. It's it's about, you know, who we are and the day-to-day activities that we are, you know, what kind of place do we have in the culture, um, things like that. Yeah, you know, one of the one of the great quotes uh, on... 
on the hum- dignity of the human person, it says, it, and it, it teaches us, you know, our radical equality before God. And what a beautiful image that is. Wow. Uh, you know, radical equality before God. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, what our job is, what our, you know, socioeconomic status is. Before the eyes of God, we're all the same. Uh, right. And we're, we're all the same because we're created in his image and likeness. It doesn't matter where we're from, uh, you know, what we do. Each one of us is created in his image and likeness, which is one. Uh, so, so this idea, this sense of this radical equality, um, you know, and we can even simplify that even more, you know, uh, that regardless of, of factors, reasons we think of, whatever we can think of, we have this inherent uh, and immeasurable worth and dignity, and our life is sacred yeah. because our life comes from our creator. Yeah, and I think I kind of experienced this. I have a little story to go along with this concept. I, when I was a missionary, I worked uh, with college students at the University of Miami for two years. And e- even as a college student, I was kind of, you know, I had my self-righteous times, but I mean, not to say that I still don't, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I remember um, thinking uh, different groups, you know, I have my own prejudices against uh, <laughs> different people. And, you know, I'd always be like, oh, I don't want to hang out with them. Or like, you know, I, as a missionary, I was, I'm, I'm called to speak to anyone and everyone. And so I was like, man, I just don't want to worry about those people. But at the end of the day, I had this conviction one time, and it was like, you know, everyone is worthy of the gospel. You know, everyone everyone is worthy of the gospel. Oh, and sometimes, you know, the things that I don't like about them or, you know, hold against them are the exact reasons why they, they need the gospel. And, and it's just like the Lord has something for each and every one of us, and all of us are worthy of that because we're all creation we're all made to be him and to we we honestly mirror that reality of who god is to to each other absolutely anyway this past summer we went to i went to this uh this national convocation uh, on the joy of the gospel and and this idea of evangelization in, in the united states today and the challenge was to to go out to the peripheries go out to where the gospel is not go out to where people are abandoned and at the core of that was this very notion that everyone is worthy you know we, as as missionary disciples as christians as catholics mm-hmm. we shouldn't be afraid to to go out and, and proclaim the gospel because every single person regardless of what they believe is worthy of saving is worthy of listening to those words of eternal life is worthy of relationship with jesus christ because we all come from god right and, and i think like you know, that comes down to the fundamental truth that we've spoken about in the past two podcasts. Uh, but last week, especially, we talked about salvation history and, you know, Jesus coming. You know, we have kind of like this pyramid scheme, but not in the bad way. You know, like this yeah. <laughs> this exponential growth, I guess, is a better way to say it. You know, we start with Adam and then we end with Jesus. And Jesus comes to unite all of humanity with the Father, with, you know, the Holy Spirit, with everyone um, to be in this union with God, our creator, who we, uh, you know, who gives us our dignity because we are from him. You know, like like we mentioned, um, every person has this dignity. Christ showed us this dignity through his death. Every single person was worthy of dying individually, but also as a whole. Absolutely. You know, so so what does humility look like in this this everyday living out of the faith? You know, that's our, our tagline for the podcast is a, a podcast Catholic on everyday living. Catholic living. So so what does this humility look like day to day? And C.S. Lewis has this beautiful quote, which, which kind of sums it up and, and launches us right into this, uh, to this <laughs> next section. And he says, wait for it, you know, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. Wow. 
Yeah, I'm going to say that again. <laughs> Humi- it's, it's that good. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. You know, and so again, uh, it's to see ourselves as God sees us. And if we're going to understand that properly, if we're going to live that out authentically, it means that we need to recognize our own self-worth. You know, going back to that, uh, to that dictionary definition, it's not a low self-regard. Uh, it's an authentic self-regard yeah. to see ourselves as God sees us, to see ourselves as God created us, to see ourselves gifted not by ourselves or our own talents, but gifted by God himself. Another great kind of segue that this could go, or, you know, a related topic is, is a d- identity. And, you know, humility is that authentic view of who we are and seeing, you know, who we are, where we come from, and where we get our meaning from. So, if you know, I would say that that is living in the truth. Humility is living in the truth, right? But we all know what is truth? Truth is God. You know, God is everything that is true and right and love and, you know, all of these things. So if we live in the truth, we are living in God. God gives us purpose, meaning, and is reality in a sense. And so if we are living in God, we have an understanding of our identity. And that's very lofty and high. (laughs) And I know that's pretty confusing in a certain way, but like to be truly humble, you have to live in Christ because otherwise nothing will make sense. Absolutely. Like reality, you know, your actual dignity and your actual authentic self is nothing if it's not in Christ. For sure. Yeah, we can go back to those very first pages of sacred scripture uh, and all throughout great sacred scripture into the New Testament and the Gospels, Acts of the Apostles. And God is constantly telling us and reminding us we're made in his image and likeness, that we matter, you know, that our lives are worthy of dignity, of honor, that our, our lives are worthy of being saved, as we, as we already discussed, so much so that he sends his only son to die for us. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes we kind of gloss over this in a romantic, you know, Jesus came and he died for me because he loves me so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's not downplay that. No. Like, he died <laughs> and, and he suffered immensely. Mm-hmm. You know, how willing, and just to put that in perspective, how willing are we to, how willing are we to die for our family, let alone for a random stranger on the street, let alone for the entire world. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's what he did. You know, and that's no, that's no small thing. And that just speaks volumes to how dignified and, and worthy God sees us uh, and how dignified and worthy we should, we ought to see ourselves and more importantly, see others. Yeah, and I think another, um, I guess, note would also be to think that you know, this humility, this value comes not just for, for what we do or like the status that we have, but this is regardless of what we've done or what we will do or where we come from, any sort of thing like that. Um, this value is inherent because, you know, as we've said a million times, you know, like we come from <laughs> God, you know, and that's, that's what we really want to drive home. Like the root, you know, if we're not anchored in Christ, if our reality is not based in Christ, you know, none of it has a true meaning. And so like, no matter where you've been, no matter what kind of sin or what kind of desperation you've sure. been in, it doesn't matter. He would still die for you Absolutely. every single time, over Absolutely. and over again. And what a, what a, how beautiful that is to to remember, you know. So, and then the next question, obviously, is well, where where does th- where do we draw the line between humility and pride? Right. Uh, and it's a very it's a very fine and a very tricky line because, you know, we've been rattling off for a few minutes about you know we need to see ourselves uh, as worthy as dignified. Uh, so, so at what point 
do we do we kind of take that too far and and slip into pride? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, if we're gonna if we're gonna frame that in C.S. Lewis's quote, there, uh, it's when we start thinking about ourselves too much. You know, so so pride is just defined as. Uh, you know, kind of taking God out of the equation, uh, and we become literally all about ourselves. So it's not having a sense of worth; it's having an overinflated mm-hmm. sense of worth. You know, where, where we think that the world revolves around us. Right, and a lot of these things also can can bring us down. Like pride, it's uh, well, it's the first sin. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like I'm I'm good enough, or I can do it on my own, kind of thing, and then reality you know we can't do it alone that's why christ came to save us but you know like as i as i mentioned about our identity if it's not in christ it, it won't add up to anything and and that's i think you know pride mirrors that because if my pride if my pride leads me to put everything in my money or in my house or my social economic status or you know where i go to school or what i studied you know any of these kind of things like yeah that's cool and you should be you know you should be proud of the things that you've done your accomplishments but it's not who you are and it's sure. not what makes you you Absolutely. So amen to that. Mm-hmm. Preach. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so so kind of boiling this down, uh, you know, bringing it back down to earth, if, if you will. <laughs> uh, it's really this radical recognition of everything as gift. Right. You know, and I know that's, that's a very fancy word, and, and I really didn't bring anything down to earth right there. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, really recognizing that our gifts, our talents, our successes— you know, everything that, that we would be tempted to say, you know, I'm really proud of this mm-hmm. X accomplishment or, or this award that I've won or, you know, this, this great promotion at my job or this great job that I've done or, you know, I'm proud of my kids. You know, it's good to be proud of things sure. in a sense because that all came from God. That's all. It's all gift. Those things, those accomplishments, those, you know, those accolades, if we think we're doing it ourselves – we've gone too far and that would be pride uh, but if we just recognize that that didn't come from me that came from the the various gifts and talents that god bestowed upon me that is humility a- and it's perfectly fine to be proud of those things sure you know, just give it back to god mm-hmm. you know give him the honor give him the credit uh because he he worked through us he worked through you uh he used you as that instrument to accomplish whatever it is that you accomplished yeah, I think one um, interesting, well, as I was thinking about this too, you know, like talking about your accomplishments and, and drawing a line between pride and humility, uh, I was doing some research and I found um, a, a passage in, I think, St. Paul's letter to the Philippians. And he says, live a life worthy of the gospel. And you can take that as kind of a charge, you know, follow the law, you know, keep doing what you're doing. But I think it's also a way, you can be interpreted as a way of saying, you know, like be proud of what you are, be proud of, of what you have and your convictions. And so, you know, stick to them, stick to your guns. Um, but also remember, it's the gospel, you know, hey. which is for everyone and, and everything we've talked about. Yeah. So and, you know, it's, it's kind of recognizing that we have a part to play. Definitely. God, God made us for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not just a, an accident, a random occurrence in the universe. You know, God made us for a reason. Uh, and then going out there to play that part, you know, right. to, to, to live that out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's so it's to go and, and be a co-creator with God, you know, to sanctify ourselves and those we encounter along the journey one step and one action at a time. You That's know, right. ev- every encounter every we have, every person we meet, uh, every action we take is that opportunity to be our authentic self. Uh, and that is the definition of biblical humility. Definitely. 
You know, so it's no coincidence then if we go back to the gospel and you, you know, we kind of get caught up in that last line, uh, but there's a whole ton of verses before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and Jesus presents us with the Pharisees uh, as a perfect example of what not to do. Uh, and it's always fascinating, uh, you know, to read where, where Jesus uses the Pharisees because they were, they were kind of the, the priests, mm-hmm. uh, the priestly people, the, the, the example, mm-hmm. you know, this is the, you know, we're, they're up on the pedestal and, and that's who we need to, to follow. Right. And then Jesus comes in and says, uh, you know, quote, do and observe all that they tell you, uh, but don't follow their example. And then if we really break down the next few sections, uh, he says, for they preach, but they do not practice. And yet, just a few chapters later uh, in, the, in the Gospel of John, Christ himself is going to wash his disciples' feet, and he's going to say, I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, so you should also wash one another's feet. I have given you an example. You should do as I have done for you. So he's already setting up this contradiction between himself mm-hmm. and the Pharisees. Another example of this is um, he says, they tie up heavy burdens, hard to carry, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they will not lift a finger to move them. So, you know, they, they charge people with things, but they don't bother doing anything themselves. Christ shows the opposite of this by literally carrying his own cross. He doesn't put burdens on people. He doesn't give us the law and say, oh, like, this is going to break your back and too bad. But he, he's the one who says, okay, I'm going to lead you and I'm going to do this myself. I'm going to make this real. You know, and he gives us that charge, you know, take up your cross daily and come follow me. Right. Uh, and at first we might say, like, you know, if, if we're looking pre-passion, pre, uh, like, well, why would I take up my cross if, if you're just here, you know, out on a fishing boat and, you know, people are giving you a hard time, but right. you're just like the most popular guy on the, <laughs> on the planet. Uh, you know, but then he goes and he, and he literally takes up his own cross. Yeah. Uh, so, so again, that, that very stark con- contradiction uh, where, where he's telling us to do something, but he knows he's going to do it himself. Uh, so that it becomes that authentic request, and we can we can go ahead and take up that cross ourselves because he's already done it for us. You know, and then that that third and final example in in that first half of the reading, he says, all their works are performed to be seen. You know, and time and time again, uh, Christ is telling his his apostles, you know, don't tell anyone what you've seen. You know, most clearly at the Transfiguration, yeah. uh, you know, where, where you know they have this beautiful encounter. Uh, with Moses and Elijah and, and Jesus transformed in his glory and he tells Peter and James and John, don't tell anyone what you've seen until after the Son of Man has risen from the dead. You know, so, so it's not just look at me, ha ha ha, I'm, <laughs> I am God, you know, it's, it's, you know, keep this quiet, you're, you're going to remember this, mm-hmm. uh, but don't tell anyone. You know, it's not just a show. Yeah. There's, there's a meaning and a, there's a deeper meaning and a deeper purpose behind this. I think that goes back to our comparison with pride, too, because the, the Pharisees would do these things out in public so that they would be seen for the work that they're doing. Absolutely. You know, and it's not a matter of, you know, what is God doing? What is, what is actually happening and why am I doing this? It's, oh, look at me. And so it's, it's removing God from the equation sure. and, and thus making it, you know, like, uh, prideful. Sure. You know, in that beautiful passage where the, uh, the Pharisee goes into the temple to, uh, mm. to pray, and there's a, the publican. there's there's a publican, uh, you know, who who just says, you know, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And and the prayer of the Pharisee, on the other hand, is, you know, look at me. I'm not like this poor guy. Mm-hmm. I, I say my prayers and and I do my work. And it's all about like 
boosting his self his self worth. Like you could literally, as you're reading that, kind of see him puffing up his chest. Right. <laughs> like, Look at me. I'm not like this scum over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet, that's you've got the the perfect balance uh, and con- and uh, juxtaposition, I should say, yeah. of pride and and humility. Yeah. You know, Lord have mercy on me, a sinner. Mm-hmm. It's it's again that that radical recognition that you know we're dependent on God and we. We do have gifts, but we do make mistakes, and we need to bring that back and offer that up and ask for forgiveness. Right. It's actually a beautiful prayer, and we can talk about it on another episode, but in uh, other rites of the church, it's called the Jesus Prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. So put that one in your back pocket. So, you know, since we talked about last Sunday's gospel, I figured, let me look ahead to next Sunday's gospel. You know, we, we put out this podcast on, on Thursday, Wednesday night or Thursday morning, uh, so most people are going to hear it you know, between Sundays. So I looked ahead to next Sunday. And again, we're going to hear from Matthew just a few chapters later. And at first glance, you know, the, the two gospels, the two parables kind of seem disconnected from each other. Uh, but then I really started thinking about it. Uh, and I wanted to bring it up because they really do go hand in hand. Uh, so really quickly, it's going to be the parable of the 10 virgins. You know, Jesus tells us this parable of uh, five wise and five foolish virgins who went out to meet the bridegroom. Uh, the five wise virgins brought their lamps with plenty of oil. Uh, the five foolish virgins just brought their lamps with no extra oil. So, you know, the bridegroom gets delayed. Uh, typical male. Typical. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he doesn't actually show up till about midnight. Uh, so by that time, you know, the, the virgins had fallen asleep. The lamps were burning the whole time. Uh, so they're startled awake by the arrival of the bridegroom. And the foolish virgins realize, oh, you know, I'm not going to have enough oil to keep my, my lamp lit. So they asked the wise virgins, you know, can you lend me some of your extra oil? And the wise virgins who came prepared said, well, you know, there's not going to be enough for us and our lamps and you. Uh, so, no, I, I can't really share my, my part because then I'm going to run out too. Right. Uh, so the foolish virgins go out and they, they go out to the market to buy extra oil. And while they're gone, the bridegroom arrives. And, you know, those who are ready, the, the five wise virgins among them, are entered, are, are permitted to enter into the, the wedding feast. And then the doors are closed and they're locked. And, you know, the five foolish virgins come back from the marketplace. They realize, uh-oh, this party started <laughs> without me. And they, oh, they no. start knocking on the door, say, let me in. Uh, but, you know, it's too late. The, the doors are closed. The party has gotten started and they're not letting anybody else in. Yep. Uh, you know, so what does that really have to do with, with everything we've been talking about? Uh, and Jesus is challenging words at the end of that parable. He says, stay awake, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Uh, and that certainly calls us to be prepared in a literal sense, you know, to, to be in that state of grace at all times. You know, when, when we do uh, fall into sin, to, to go and, and make amends and go to reconciliation uh, and, and stay in that state of grace so we are prepared because we literally don't know the day nor the hour. But on a deeper level, it's also that challenge to authentically know ourselves, mm. you know, to, to see ourselves as God sees us, to be prepared at any time to answer, you know, when, when God asks us, you know, who are you? Or as yeah. Jesus asked his disciples, you know, who do people say that I am? You know, to be prepared to say, this is who I am. This is, this is who you made me. Uh, I've taken stock of my life. You know, I've recognized all that is gift that you've given me. Uh, you know, I, I have my, my extra oil uh, yeah. to get me through the night. 
And, and here I am to, to give it all back, to put it in your hands uh, and let you continue to use me. I say it's definitely a challenge to be aware to, you know, to continually immerse ourselves in, you know, what is my identity? Who, I, who am I and, and who do I owe that to? So our challenge for the week, you know, we always finish with a little challenge uh, to, to kind of bring this to, to your lives. Uh, and we, by the way, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, uh, let if, us know. If you are listening to us, uh, shoot us an email, leave us a comment, um, give us a phone call maybe. Yeah. You know, we'd, we'd love to hear from you and, and what you think and uh, if this is helpful to you or if, or if you just want to answer our little challenge questions. You know, it's always nice to share the journey. Uh, so our little challenge for this week, you know, do we ever take time to consider ourselves through the eyes of God? You know, it's easy to see ourselves through our own eyes uh, or to you know, turn to our friend or our spouse or our kids and ask them, you know, how do you see me? Our Instagram page. How many likes? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but do we take the time to take stock of how does God see me? You know, and, and would God be proud of who I am and, and how I'm using the gifts and talents that he gave me? Um, you know, or, or do I need to make a change? And, and there's still time to do that. And that's great. Uh, and really, do we live and view our life as gift? You know, do we recognize that it's not our own, right? You know that it didn't come from us. That our successes are not our own. Our our talents are not our own. But that really everything is pure gift. Every breath that we draw into our lungs is nothing but gift itself. Yeah, my uh, spiritual director when I was in college, he first challenged me to kind of reset my prayer life in a sense when we first started meeting using this kind of concept, understanding you know everything is a gift. So. If you're going throughout your day, you know, we've been challenging you to pray a little bit more, take a couple of, you know, extra moments to just remember God is with us and, you know, have a conversation with him. But if you really don't know what to say, you know, just think about all of the things that you've been gifted. And that includes every single breath you take, you know, every moment that you have, but really in a bigger sense too, the, the literal things that you have. I would begin, he challenged me to think about um, everything that I'm thankful for. So I would sit, I'd start every prayer like that by thanking him at first before I got into all the things I wanted to ask him or whatever that really helped to nourish a sense of thankfulness and a sense of humility in my, you know, a sense of humility for me because I realized you know, all these things are incredible and then, you know, I don't always merit them, but they're gifts. And so I'm thankful for them. And um, it really kind of gave me a springboard into a, a deeper prayer life. All right, everyone. Thanks so much. We, uh, We'll talk to you next week. I guess we'll talk at you next week. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone. Take care. God bless. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Buds of Faith. If you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at podcast at c-o-t-l-f dot org or visit our Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram page at c-o-t-l-f. This has been a recording of Buds of Faith, Church of Little Flower in the City Beautiful, Coral Gables, Florida. God bless you. (laughs) Y'all.